Hey everyone, this is Elliot Woods, host of Third Squad. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. On behalf of the team, I want to thank you for coming on this journey so far. I know it's been an intense ride, and I'm truly honored to have you listening. It's hard to believe, but we've already traveled more than 5,000 miles, crossed 13 states, and visited with five of the Third Squad survivors. And we've still got thousands of miles and six more episodes to go. If you appreciate what you've heard so far, please consider supporting our work with a financial contribution. To find out how, visit the donate page at thirdsquad.com. That's T-H-I-R-D-S-Q-U-A-D.com. We'd also love to hear your feedback and your stories from the forever war. So shoot us an email at mail at thirdsquad.com or leave us a voicemail at 406-763-8214. And if you got a minute, please rate and review Third Squad on your preferred podcast app. It'll help other people find the show. We're off this week, but we'll be back next Thursday with Episode 7. In the meantime, we got an interview to share with you that I recorded recently with WBUR Boston's Here and Now. Thanks again. Until next time, keep pushing. As the calendar goes, America's longest war ended in August with the withdrawal from Afghanistan. But for the men and women who fought there, you can imagine the memories and the demons remain with them. A new podcast, Third Squad, tells the story of 1st Battalion 5th Marines sent to Afghanistan's Helmand province in 2011. This was the bloodiest stage of the war, the so-called surge. Twelve men deployed 11 returned alive. Now, before going on, we should note that this conversation deals with descriptions of war and violence that may not be suitable for all listeners. The host of Third Squad is a journalist and veteran himself, Elliot Woods, and Elliot joins us. Welcome to Here and Now. Thanks for having me. You embedded with Third Squad back in 2011. And, you know, from the audio, they were, frankly, a bunch of kids, right? some just out of high school. And then a decade later, you go on this trip to reconnect with them. What's the origin story of this project? Yeah, so the origin story is, like you said, I went on this embed with this group of Marines in Sangin District in Helmand Province back in 2011. I came home from that embed just completely exhausted. And then, as the story of the podcast tells, one of the young men who I interviewed and photographed got killed shortly after I left. And so I just figured... I don't know if I can do this anymore. The risks that I was taking didn't seem justifiable to me anymore, and I was just worn out. But I always felt bad about turning my back on that mission. I always felt like I abandoned something. So 10 years later, I decided to go find these guys who made such a deep impression on me and see what had become of their lives and what they made of the war after all those years. So that's what I did. Now, you mentioned the one member of the squad who died in Afghanistan. Michael Dutcher was killed by an IED. And his death hits his colleagues very hard. Here's Marine Manuel Mendoza describing what happened. I'm looking at Dutcher. He's right in front of me. And then the whole world turns brown. And then black. The next thing I know, I got my hand on his on his flak. And I'm pulling him out of this crater. And he's just covered in dust. His leg is destroyed. It's got a hole on his pelvis. Tight hole. Now, a decade later, Mendoza tells you he's haunted by guilt about Dutcher's death. He blames himself. He considers at one point taking his own life. 
And these are things he's never talked about. He describes reliving that moment, feeling everything all at once, the fear, the apprehension, the exhaustion. And then doubt. Or you start wondering what you could have done different. That what if? And you start thinking, why are you alive? Why am I alive? So, Elliot, I guess, what did you tell him to get him to talk about this? Well, there's a part in that episode where Mendoza gets to a point where he says he doesn't really want to tell these particular stories because he worries that it would be disrespectful to the families of the dead and disrespectful to his dead friends. Yeah. And I told him before the interview, I told all these guys before the interview, you have the wheel. And I'm going to point out some places that I want to go, but you decide how close we go or if we go there at all. And if you want to stop and take a break at any time, or if you just want to shut it down, we'll do that. So that happened in this interview and we shut the recorder down. And I told Mendoza about why, basically why I became a journalist and why I was out there talking to them. I told him the story of two guys from my unit who were killed by a suicide bomber on December 21st, 2004. And I told him about how I went to Afghanistan in the first place because I thought that Americans needed to hear these stories and, and we weren't paying enough attention back home and the silence I thought was dangerous. And I told him about how the first story that I ever wrote as a journalist was about the parents of those two guys from my unit who were killed and how I know what it's like to worry about disrespecting the dead or making, making these kinds of horrific incidents profane and Eventually, he said, okay, let's do it. Let's talk. As you can hear with Mendoza, it led to him opening a locked place inside of himself and letting out some things that had really been torturing him. Well, Elliot, we also hear this in your podcast with John Bollinger, another member of this squad. Ten years ago, John Bollinger, the kid in Afghanistan, professes himself as this out-and-out killer. Let's listen. Firefights are fun. I enjoy firefights. You drop bombs on people and kill bad men. That's, that's what we're here for. And then he comes home to his wife and his young son, and he's mentally wounded. He's suffering from PTSD, and he and his wife tell you they realize he's not okay. I don't think it was really until, you know, second week being back, woke up in the middle of the night getting choked. So John Bollinger seeks professional help. And suddenly John and his wife are shamed at Camp Pendleton where they live. They're shunned by the people around them. You're a veteran yourself. What do you make of this system, this mental health system? So the Marine Corps is an incredibly rigid culture that values bravery, courage, and physical strength and determination above all else. Hmm. And so anybody who's seen as weak in any way is a risk. And I think there's been progress over the years. Um, but I think at the time that, that Bollinger was coming home from Sangin, that deeply entrenched culture that saw any kind of admission of mental weakness as a liability was still very, very much alive. And so he goes to seek help from a Navy therapist counselor and immediately he's made aware in the unit that he's basically not welcome anymore. And so that was, was a terrible time in his life. Um, and fortunately for him, and this really speaks to his perseverance, 
he didn't give up on it. He kept going. He kept seeking help through the military, even though they didn't make it easy for him. And then when he got out of the Marine Corps, he kept seeking help everywhere he moved after that from the VA. And he's still in therapy a decade later Hmm. and has made tremendous progress in his therapeutic journey. Well, there's this striking moment in John's story. He's back in the States and he sees this 12-year-old kid and a memory from Afghanistan just hits him. There's this kid who was 12, 13. Couldn't have been much older. And we were in a we were in a gunfight. And I saw him and I didn't want to take the shot. But he was shooting. He had an AK. I had to take the shot. I didn't want to take the shot, but I had to take the shot. That's the one I That's the one. Hmm. You know, Elliot, as I listen to this, I feel like a voyeur. I mean, this is so raw. And so the question for you is, what is the point of, of bringing us, the listener, so close to these men? I don't think anybody who hasn't been to war witnessed these horrifying events up close or in some cases perpetrated them, which is what John Bollinger is talking about. I don't think there's any way for somebody who hasn't been there to really know what it's all about. But I think we all have a duty to try our hardest to understand what it is that we're asking of people when we ask them to go kill and die on behalf of the country. And of those two things, the killing and the dying, I think the killing is the thing that we're most embarrassed to talk about. We're most ashamed of. And so what that act does to the people who commit it to some of them, not all of them, but to, to a good number of them is incredibly transformative and powerful. And it can be a form of trauma or to use another phrase, moral injury that affects people's lives forever. So my goal with this entire project is to bring people into the room to really sit with the, the consequences of these wars that have been so far from most people's consciousness to basically ask them to reckon with the human costs and consequences to the people that we ask to do this on our behalf. And I think John Bollinger and Manny Mendoza and these other guys were incredibly brave to open up and talk about their private pain. And as far as reckoning for you, you set out in this project to ask, what was this all for? And where do we go from here? How do you and how do these men answer those questions? Well, everybody has a slightly different answer, but on the level of the frontline troop, the answer to the question, what was it all for is we did it for each other. We were fighting for each other to keep each other alive and to support each other. Not all of them have an answer to the bigger question of what was it all for? Why did we spend 20 years in Afghanistan? Why did 2,500 people die there and tens of thousands of other people get wounded? Most of them don't have an answer to that question. And to be honest with you, I don't have a great answer to that question either. But I also think it's my job as a journalist and it's our job as civilians and citizens to demand answers to that bigger question. Why was all of this sacrifice necessary? Why was all of this damage done? And so that's a question that I'll continue asking and seeking to answer throughout the rest of the series and probably for the rest of my life. Well, it is a powerful listen. 
Elliot Woods is a veteran and multimedia journalist and the host of the podcast Third Squad. You can find it, as they say, wherever you find your podcasts. Elliot, thank you.